listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about B2B and public sector lead generation, the ins and outs of content syndication, AI for outbounding, and whether or not you should outsource your SDR team. A lot of topics, a lot of information for you today. To help us, we have with us Mike Farrell, CEO of Green Leads. Michael, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chad. It's good to be here. So before we jump in, we always like to ask something to get our um, get the audience a chance to know you a little bit better. And the one I kind of default to is understanding something you're really passionate about that people that maybe only know you through the work world might be surprised to learn about you. Oh gosh, um, pretty, <laughs> I'm a pretty boring guy, but no, I, I uh, I'm a I'm a big baseball fan, so I drive my wife crazy because I it's all I do at the end of the day is watch a game at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you've done your entire life? Something from childhood? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, just played baseball and always always a fan. So other sports too, but baseball's number one. Okay, excellent. So let's jump into B2B lead gen. So I'm curious, you know, it's a very specific focus and not a lot of people like actually doing it. They would love it if leads just showed up on their plate. <laughs> so I'm curious right. how this became a topic of, of interest for you and what it is about it you find so enjoyable. Good question. I spent my first uh, 20 years in the in the uh, computer reseller channel and then um, got into the lead gen business about 18 years ago. And uh, you get to work with, a, you know, for, for us, we get to work with a lot of technology companies, Companies that you know I'm familiar with working with my first 20 years of my career, so uh, it's exciting to to help people grow their business, grow their pipeline. So it's uh, it's enjoyable from that standpoint. Excellent. And so when we talk about this, when we talk about lead gen, a lot of people will separate out B2B versus B2C versus public sector. I'm mm-hmm. curious from your perspective, what are the big differences between B2B and public sector lead generation specifically that, that listeners should be aware of? Oh, great question. Um, I have a public sector background from, again, my first half of my career, you know, selling into federal, state, and local education accounts, even hospitals. So the difference is there, you know, a lot of times there's different language. Clearly, in, in government, there's a lot of acronyms. You got to know the alphabet soup of <laughs> of uh, the of the federal government and state and local government. There's there's contract um, regulations and so forth. You got to you have to understand. Even when you're doing outbound, if you're just trying to set appointments or or generate leads, you still have to understand that. So you have to you know the language have to change. I train up all my folks and, you know, if you're calling into uh, the federal government and you're talking to a military person, you don't call him Mr. Smith. You call him Colonel or Lieutenant or whatever their rank is. So so, something as simple as that, you could lose a lot of credibility if you do it wrong. So you have to know the lingo. You have to know the market. And if you refer to the public sector as a company... Right, that's that's not a good thing. <laughs> they don't take that very kindly. Uh, yeah, and they, and they, you know, you have to understand the public sector. They have a different mission. They're 
public servants. They have a mission to, uh, whether it's a state agency or federal agency or it's a, it's a college or university, they have a different mission. So you have to, you know, they, their business goals, business in quotes, right, are different, right? So you just have to understand that. When you're going after you know, working in the public sector space versus the the B2B space. Okay. And so when we, we think about, you know, there's a big push for people talking about AI and lead generation and how it can mm-hmm. do, you know, it can scan a whole bunch of stuff and come up with some truly personalized content. And in some cases, some people believe it's difficult to tell the difference between that and a and a regular human being. I, I mean, I, maybe an email, but I, every time the robo dialer starts talking to me on the phone, I know I'm talking to, to, to something <laughs> that, is, that isn't human. But but it is an emerging side of the of the equation. And I'm, and I'm curious when you work with companies, how do you help them understand the importance of or the risks associated with and or the optimal way to leverage AI in terms of lead generation? That's yeah, great. I just had two, two client calls this morning talking about our intent platform that we use to really cultivate and harvest intent leads. And with this technology, you can basically find people that are putting a digital signal out there that they're somewhere in the buyer's journey. We don't know where until we have a conversation, but you know they're showing interest in a particular topic. And it just, instead of having a cold list of accounts and you know, personas to go after and make phone calls to and emails to, you can boil that down. To, you, see, you can prioritize some, hey, this 20% is showing a digital signal of some sort. That's the AI, the machine learning that the, the intent can can provide us. And, it, and it, it, you still got to get that person on the phone and, and have a conversation with them. And they're not branded yet with the client's uh, messaging or anything, but you know that it's probably more of a better conversation for for you to get the appointment as well as for the end client to have that meeting and try to advance that into pipeline. Okay. And there's a big, I mean, the the, the privacy aspect, <laughs> privacy is a big, big thing, right? Started with GDPR, now we got Consumer Privacy and Protection Act in California. There's a big one in Canada. Each of the states mm-hmm. or a lot of the states mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. privacy legislature on their books. That's going to make it a little bit more challenging, I think, for mm-hmm. people to get creative when it comes to lead gen. And then not to mention Google's announcement that they're phasing out cookies and the, and the explosion we're seeing in the customer data platform solution space. And I'm curious, what impact do you see all the privacy stuff and then the, and the fact that a lot of companies, if they implement a customer data platform or a CDP, will actually have their own data rather than aggregating it from you know, third parties? What kind of impact do you see that having moving forward? Oh, wow. I think it's going to, it certainly will have a uh, impact. I, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's something everyone's got to plan for. You know, I was talking to uh, people in the industry, an old recruiter friend of mine in this space, and the SDR, BDR, whatever acronym people use for the, um, is just that, that category of employee, whether it's an, for an outsourced firm or for, you know, a direct hire, is exploding. Never seen this kind of demand for this, um, this outbound person before, and I've been doing this for 18 years in in this outsource space. So I think that's just going to increase even more because you have to rely on the SDR BDR to really drive those customer engagements. I'm a firm believer in driving inbound, 
inbound demand to your website and, and downloading content that way. So that's also a, another thing that everyone should be doing to plan for this. But I think it's a, it's going to be accelerate the inbound and the outbound aspect, the outbound aspect, you know, more so in terms of the the calling and outbound emailing. Okay. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, the largest challenge, there's so much going on. I mean, finding good talent, the data, the privacy, the, you know, the belief that people, it's hard, harder for people to connect these days, although I haven't seen that statistically, but there's this belief in that. If you had to narrow it down and say, hey, this company, you know, company A, this is the largest challenge you really need to keep your eye on the ball about to ensure your organization or team is effective at prospecting and outbounding. What would that be? Help us kind of make sense of the noise. (laughs) Well, so many mistakes I see start with, it really starts with the list, right? What's your ideal customer profile? All right, how to get the list of accounts. And then, you know, what are those right personas? In startups, a lot of times don't know, right? They're, you don't know what you don't know until you start talking to people. And when you have a new category of product you're put, pitching. But, uh, but even for mature companies, it's, it's, it's all about the prospect list, the accounts, as well as the personas. You know, because whether you're generating top of the funnel leads or you're making outbound phone calls to to get an appointment or to promote promote an event or something like that you have to have the right email address the right phone information the people are getting accustomed to getting in this covid world to getting called on their cell phone for b2b calls um you still get a you know, every once in a while you get a resistance from it but you know it, it's pretty it's pretty much people are used to it now so that uh, data that contact data is is really what it comes to it will drive the conversation i we measure one of the kpis we measure is the conversations how many dials it takes to get a conversation right and that will differ for the persona right and the level yep. of that persona the level of that persona, and it will differ in certain industries too. But um, the number of dials it takes the conversation that drives the efficiency of any kind of outbound effort. You know, in terms of a, a calling effort versus a, an outbound emailing effort. But um, you know, and, and with email, it's it's the the open rates and, and those kind of things. But the data is you got to spend time in the data. If just you can't half-ass it. <laughs> the data it's um, the comparison I always make is, you know, a lot of teams will tell us when we're, when we're training them, you know, Hey, I, I don't have good data. I don't have good data. I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I ride a Harley Davidson and nobody puts gas in my bike, but me. And so <laughs> if I'm, if I'm going to be responsible for the gas in the engine, which is the data, if you're prospecting, perhaps maybe we should take some ownership of that. And it is the key. It is the key to a lot of it. So I, I appreciate that. Appreciate that synopsis. So let's kind of shift here a little bit. We want to also talk about, you know, content syndication. And, mm-hmm. and for the audience, I always like to start a little bit macro. How about a definition for content syndication, what it means to you? A lot of people will, will give us different things. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Sure. The way we approach it, we're our outbound content syndication business, which is half of our business, is um, persona-based. Again, what's your ideal customer profile? What are the personas you're going after? We'll build that audience. 
will engage that audience via email and, and drive them to a landing page to, with your content. And, you know, there has to be some kind of compelling content, ebook, white paper, recorded webinar, you know, on-demand webinar, something that's compelling, right? And some kind of messaging that is going to pique their interest. And, you know, when they download that piece of content, maybe it's just a download with the contact information. Maybe it's uh, HQL is a is going to ask a few questions, few custom questions that can help you in the sales process. But it's 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 still a top of the funnel lead. It's not sales ready, but they're opting in to be in contacted by you because you gave them some piece of content that they they found value in. Okay. And so let's talk about, you know, the content syndication and, and the value that you provide. If that's got to change by the persona, right? So how, mm -hmm. how much work would you, do you recommend or how much time do you recommend that an organization put into creating that per the personas? Or is that something the SDRs should do so they're more familiar with the personas? Or is that reside in marketing? Kind of what's your thought process on the optimal implementation for a content syndication strategy? Well, I mean, the content absolutely has to be done by uh, marketing. And marketing can marketing can engage agencies to to help them develop content as well. They don't have to have the insight, you know, talent in a Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, <laughs> right, right, writer. But uh, yes, BDRs, SDRs can be a curator of their own content. Maybe it's you know public available content or, or they're, you know, they're obviously in trying to get, drive some engagement by, you know, in their, in their outbound cadence some way. So you have to add value or find a trigger that's personalized to that persona to, to get them to, you know, pay attention to you. So obviously vi video, you know, with Vidyard and Loom and other applications, I'm getting a lot of, um, I'm getting a lot of those, that kind of little video snippets. Yep, video prospecting, yeah. In an email now, and that can be valuable. And that, that can be more driven individually by by the SDR, BDR, right? So, uh, and it doesn't have to, you know, I think that kind of authentic, you know, everyone's used to video and on their iPhone now. So, you know, that little authentic snippet, and it doesn't have to be professionally done. But it, uh, I think uh, if... You know, white papers, ebooks, case studies, you know, webinars, that's all got to be driven by marketing. You know, the, the, the higher level, the higher level content, marketing has to own it and they have to be collaborating with the sales leadership and, and make sure they're on point with what the clients or prospects are, are looking to hear from, right? What's, what's going to deliver value to them? Excellent. So when, all right, when we put all this together, when should a company think about outsourcing their SDR teams? What, when does that make the most sense for an organization is, does it differ by age, by size? Help us understand that a little bit. There's kind of two, two methodologies. We have both an outsourced SDR model and a pay per appointment model. The pay per appointment model is really reserved for more mature companies with with some kind of brand recognition they're in the adoption curve and it's just scale right speed scale feeding that sales team as much pipeline opportunities you can and if they've obviously invested a huge amount of money into a, a large sales team and you just gotta it's a combination of you know the top of the funnel lead nurture process takes a little time, but you, you so you got to use multiple channels, and that that uh, appointment generation is going to be a quicker way to get 
sales appointments. But the startups is where we we really focus on our outsourced SDR, where you know we'll give a, a you know I'll sign a, a, a an FTE, a full time equivalent person. We we typically do two half time people. You know, uh, at a, a month is 160 hours, so you pick a, give it give someone 80 hours of two people, and that's you know could be when someone's just got seed funding or A and B round of funding in the tech space. That's a typical time where you have to do that. And, and we and we coexist with some companies when you get to C round, D round, E round, or, or, or greater. We coexist with uh, an outbound appointment setting, appointment generation um, effort with you know major public companies that have large SDR teams as well. So it's it's you know it, there's no wrong time to do it in that early stage. That early stage company. You're really helping them. Yeah, you want to generate some appointments so you get some pipeline. But a lot of times the goal is to really learn about your your target account and see if you have a, you know, the VCs call it, do you have a product market fit? Do you have a, you know, is your product viable to go from A round to B round of funding, you know? <laughs> um, and you got to be able to tell that's, you know, the leadership of the companies, CEO, CR, CMO, CRSO. Or, or CRO, whatever the title is, you got to be able to tell that story to the investors, right? Oh yeah, we had this call. This is is this in pipeline? This is why it's working, or or it's not. You know, it's not working. You know, we got to re go back and kind of reinvent yourself um, and reinvent or do some tweak to the product or whatnot. So so it really can be helpful for the early stage company in that regard. But you have to have the right expectations and the right. You know, you got to understand where you are, right? You know, these startup companies, if you're not in the adoption curve yet, you got to understand you're you're evangelical. You're trying to define a category. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So how about for the audience, an overview of Green Leads and how you found yourself there? Sure. So Green Leads started in 2007. The uh, the two founders are good friends of mine. Linda uh, and I have worked together for four different companies and um, Mike I've known since uh, college and they actually were both worked for me at my prior company and and um, after I left that company after 15 years I uh, had a little sabbatical and then I I connected with them for lunch and here I am they wanted me to come on board and lead the ship so but Greenleaves we, we do as we just talked about the SDR outsource SDR model for startups and we also have that you know, appointment generation on a per appointment basis for more mature companies. And part of our business that's growing quite a bit right now is the content syndication business. We do that globally. The appointment generation we do in the U.S. and Europe. We have staff in both locations and the content syndication we do globally, through, you know, through an email, you know, email um, mechanism. And then another piece that's growing quite a bit is the, the event registration we can do that via email marketing, as, but we also have a, t- a telemarketing operation in uh, the Caribbean and South America. So a near shore, low cost way to deliver those leads at a competitive price without going to either uh, India or, or um, the Philippines, which a lot of other folks will do. So so it's about 50% of our business is uh, you know, the lead gen content syndication. The other 50% is the SDR business. 
Awesome. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a CEO, that makes you a prospect for a lot of people out there selling stuff. And, you know, you're in the business of prospecting. So really curious to hear your answer to this. When somebody doesn't have a trusted referral into you, somebody that you trust that says, hey, you should talk to this person. What works for you when somebody's trying to capture your attention and earn the right to time on your calendar? The fails, <laughs> there's lots of fails out there. You know, I get, I get, you know, you get how many 50 emails a day with people prospecting you and the fails are, I still get them. A, a long email and it's talking about them, right? The first sentence out of the, in the email is talking about them. You know, they haven't established any connection with me with what, what my business needs are, right? It's kind of equate that to a, a face-to-face or a phone call rep, you know, throwing up and showing, you know, showing up and throwing up, right? Yeah. So it's it's that email version of it. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of mistakes from that standpoint. But I would say if you do a little personalization, find something that may be topical and, you know, look, I got gray hair. Don't say, uh-huh. oh, we went to college together. You know, we, we went to the same college. Well, you know, that doesn't, not that I'm, you know. I like my old college, but it's been a long time, right? So, so you have to find something relevant to the moment. So, I think um, a subject line with that kind of personalization will catch someone's attention, and you'll get the opportunity to uh, get ten or fifteen seconds of of uh, someone's ability to read the first paragraph of what you wrote and uh, without hitting the delete button, you know, (laughs) I love it. All right. Last question. We call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing you could tell sales and marketing professionals, just one piece of advice that you could give them. You believe would help them hit or exceed their targets. What would it be? And why know your metrics, know your metrics. It's a numbers game. So if you're uh, in the SDR world, it's, how many dials does it take to get a conversation? What's your conversion from conversation to an appointment? And from a quota-carrying salesperson, you know, again, know, know your metrics. How are you advancing things from each stage of the pipeline? What are your percentages? You know, why? What's going to be the triggers that advance those things? And, this, you know, skill, you get some people that are they're just highly skilled and they're going to, they may not have to watch the metrics, but that's the 10% right? The other 90%, you really have to know your metrics and so you can keep on track and don't ever fall behind. And so many times you see in sales, um, someone that they close a lot of business at the end of the quarter and they're like, Ooh, you know, yeah, I made, I made my number for the quarter. And they look in the rearview mirror and they got an empty pipeline, right, right. you know, because <laughs> they just, they just drained it and they didn't invest along the way in keeping the pipeline full. Right. Right. And that's hard to do. That's one of the reasons why the SDR BDR function has grown significantly over the past um, 15 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is one of the conundrums for, for sales reps, but hopefully with the increase in SDRs and their, and their effectiveness with that, that will solve the problem. So Michael, um, can't thank you enough for being on the show. Where would you like us to send people that are interested in learning more about you or green leads or discussing some of the topics we've touched on today? Sure. My email is mike.farrell, it's F-A-R-R-E-L-L, at greenleads.com. Will Farrell spells his name wrong, so uh, <laughs> it's it's F-A-R-R-E-L-L. And Greenleads is uh, www.greenleads.com. So. Excellent. 
Excellent. Can't thank you enough for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, Chad. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill, b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.